You are about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise God. Okay, we are privileged to be here in church today. Today's communion service. Praise the Lord. So we're going to be going to the table to share in the body, the broken body and shed blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And we're also at a time where the nation is calling us for some contemplations. So I first want to just uh, take us from Proverbs 19. And it's verse 21, a very, you know, verse that many of us know. It says, there are many plans in a man's heart. I like the way King James puts it. He said, there are many devices in the heart of a man, but only the counsel of the Lord He said, that shall stand. You know, it's important we have anchors as believers so that we won't be too driven by events and news and occurrences that happen around us. Okay? Whether there will be devices, there will be devices. Whether there will be plots, there will be plots. Whether there will be agendas, there will be agendas. Whether there will be OIC, Islamic, Fulani, whatever. You know, there will be all kinds of agendas. But the Bible says what? Nevertheless. Somebody say nevertheless. <laughs> nevertheless. Yes, nevertheless. The counsel of the Lord, what? That shall stand. Praise the Lord. Come with me to the book of Esther. It's actually the whole book that I would want us to consider. It's about eight chapters. Okay. Actually, ten Because the book of Esther is the book that um, records for us some very, very clear and soothing account of the supremacy, the sovereignty of God in the affairs of men everywhere and anywhere. The record in the book of Esther lets us know that it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter how, God is in control of his world. Men will plot. Men will imagine. But at the end of the day, he alone will be what? Laughing. The psalmist says, why do the world hidden rage? Why do the nation, why do they plot a vain thing? Why do they imagine something that can never be against the Lord and against his anointed? Any plot against Jehovah is a waste of time. Any agenda against the Lord is a waste of time. Bibles have a saying, they say the trap cannot catch the wind. You cannot hold the Lord who made you. You cannot hold the Alpha and Omega. Praise the Lord. I trust that the Holy Spirit will help us and give us depth in the name of Jesus. Because when things like this are said, you know, some people are asking questions, but this, but that, but that. And, um, Maybe I'll just refer you, Acts 4. Let me show you something there quickly and I pray we won't take too much time there. In Acts chapter 4, verse 28, the apostle was speaking and he mentioned what the Jews did. Can you back up to 27 as well? Back up 27. It says, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles, And the people of Israel were gathered together, 28, to do what? To do whatever, what? 
your hand and your purpose determined before to be what? Can you imagine? Imagine if Herod knew and the leaders of the Jews knew then that they were acting a script. They thought they were ganging up against the Lord. Little did they know they were ganging up for the Lord. Are you understanding? That's how deep it is. That's why the Bible says the wisdom of this world is foolishness before God. So it says, had, if they knew wisdom, had they known their word, would never have crucified the Lord of glory. You can't, walk, you can't stand against the Lord. The Lord said to Saul of Tarsus, he says, it's difficult. It's difficult to kick against the gods. You can't succeed. Praise the Lord. In your rage against God, you know what you're doing? You're actually worshipping him. You're actually advancing his agenda. That is how bigger the man God is. It's important as believers that we understand some of those things so that when we are trapped or we find ourselves in circumstances, we will not respond in panic. We learned here a few years ago. I don't know when we learned it. We can look at it. talks about the principles of warfare. And one of the things it says is fret not. It said it only causes harm. Panic can never help you. And it's never necessary. It's a war that has been won. Praise the Lord. The Lordship of Jesus, he's not about to be enthroned. Are you understand? He said God had exalted him and what? Giving him the name that is above every other name. That at the mention of his name, some knees, every knee should what? Bow. Is it where? In heaven, on earth, and where? Beneath anywhere they are found. All galaxies. All seasons. That's how great your God is. So tell your neighbor, fret not. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So if we come to the book of Esther, I'll try and uh, just capture. It's so interesting. I wish we would be able to maybe say we devote time and just take it one by one. But um, I, I don't know. In this place, God doesn't permit us to do things like that because... You know, I think he wants us to be current at all times. But the book of Esther records about a king, which um, King Ahasuerus. The Bible says, Esther chapter 1 verse 1. It says, it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus. It says, this was the Ahasuerus who reigned over 127 provinces. From India to Ethiopia. That's the equivalent of saying 127 countries. Okay, this was the extent of his reign. He was so big, so large. He threw a party that lasted for six months. And the party was for everybody. That is wealth. That is power. Praise the Lord. 180 days the party was going on. And you know the Bible is so interesting. It says when that party ended. Then he threw another one for those who were in this capital city. How many would have loved to be in that kingdom? Thank you for your sincerity. Make sure you make heaven. Because in the kingdom what? It says the banquet there is forever. Hallelujah. It's joy, joy, joy. That's what is going to be happening in heaven. We'll just be shouting hallelujah. There'll be excitement. There'll be beauty. There'll be excellence. There'll be pleasures. It's saying his presence are what? Pleasures forevermore. You know the limitation of earthly pleasures is that they create problems. You see, if someone invited you to a party for six months, what is it that you like? Is it rice that you like? Or is it juice that you like? If you take it the way you like, you need to go to the hospital. 
Because the pleasures of this world need to be punctuated with the sufferings of this world to balance. If it's drink you want to drink, it will disturb you. Then you have to go to the other extent. But in God, his pleasures have no what? They go from glory to... So you enjoy God, no hangover. You drink the Holy Ghost, no hangover. You eat of his presence, no... You're just being filled and filled and filled and filled and filled. Joy, joy, joy. That's why it says, I've come that you may have life and what? Praise the Lord. So that's how wealthy this king was. And he threw the party. The party was going on. And I don't know who advised the wife. She decided to throw her own party. It's not only you that can do party. And she set up her own party with the women. You know, women rights movement. And when the king now decided to invite her queen to come so that he can display her to the, you know, people, his guests and all of that. The queen said, I have my own guest. Praise the Lord. Now, the danger of that was that if it was between her and the king alone, it wouldn't have been a problem. But there were other men that the Bible says the king consulted. He consulted his advisors, and we don't know the private problems these men were having with their wives at home. But it was an opportunity for them. And they said, sir, this thing this queen has done is not against you. It's against all the men in the kingdom. The king said, show. Say, what should be done? He said, we have to deal with her as an example. For all the women, if you look at the decree that they wrote, it said that men in everywhere will be masters in their houses. How many would like me to issue such a decree? And the second part says, verse 22 of chapter 1. It says that each man, the last part, that each man should be master in his own house. Is it possible that it meant that they had not been masters in their own houses? It says, and speak in the language of his own people. So they don't even let us speak our own languages. Anyway, the long story short is that they advised and Vashti was removed. Okay, she was removed. And um, that's why I said if it was left to the man alone. The next chapter says, when the king's wrath subsided, he started missing the queen. And those men had gone home with their own wives. They didn't banish their own wives. (laughs) Be careful whose advice you listen to. Praise God. Be careful whose advice. They say, if it were me, they told that, I would have done this. Ask them, which one have you done? Bring evidence. Praise the Lord. Okay, if my husband speaks to me like that, I will do this. Hmm. Be careful. Anyway, so the king's wrath subsided, and, you know, he remembered the queen, chapter 2. And then, you know, he was feeling bad and missing the beautiful wife. But something was very important in that story you would realize that the moment they gave him the advice, let beautiful young girls be found and let the king choose another one, that the process went on. The king chose this queen, Esther, who is the main you know, part of our story. And he never, he never missed Vashti again. I pray that you will not be replaced. Yeah. The Bible says, no man having tasted old, the old one, desires the new. Okay. Let us not get complacent in where God has placed us. You see, you are so relevant now and you are so powerful now in that office, in that environment and in that place. You know how human beings can think that people can't do without them. I'm sure Vashti did not imagine. He must have known his ways. You know, the Bible says there are things that we don't understand. The way of a man with his maiden. This woman must have felt that this king... 
I have him here. Like one lady told us many years ago, she said that the husband licks her feet in public. I felt for the man. Because even if I did, don't tell everybody now. In public. In public. Anyway, so, I mean, that was the end. By chapter 2, they didn't mention Vashti again. That's it. She became history. Okay? Anyway, so the search was sent and um, Esther was found. And we've said it here. The lady Esther, or the young girl Esther, Hadassah, you know, her local name, was not chosen because she was the most beautiful. She was beautiful, yes. Because that was the qualification. She was good looking, yes. But the Bible kept telling us something. If you go to chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Esther obtained favor, the last verse, the last part of the verse. Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Where does favor come from? It's the Lord. When the Lord begins to favor you, stars and mass, don't think it's your degree. Don't think it's your, you know, whatever. Know that he's setting you up for a purpose. Praise the Lord. And verse 17 says, the king... 17 of chapter 2. The king loved Esther more than all the other women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set a royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. This king threw another feast again. Verse 18. He made another feast. Anyway, so this gives us the background to this story. So this king now has um, Esther as the queen. And there is this Mordecai who is a cousin to Esther, who somehow works in the king's gate. We didn't know what his work was, but the king's gate will mean the office of the president. Okay, so he was somewhere doing something there. We don't know exactly what he was doing. And in the same kingdom, there is a man named Haman. And this Haman is an Agagite, which means he's an Amalekite. He's a descendant, you know, proceeding from King Agag. Remember Saul and Agag. And somehow, the king began to favor Haman and promoted him above every other person in the kingdom and gave him honor, gave him power, gave him authority and commanded that everywhere he goes, people should bow to him. But this Mordecai, somehow, something in him refused to honor Haman. Something in him refused, I'm in chapter 3 now, something in him, something in him refused to pay homage to Haman. And his colleagues, Mordecai's colleagues were telling him, what are you doing? You're disobeying the king. You know, you're breaking the law. You know, this thing you're doing will put you in danger. And when he would not bow, they reported him to Haman. Now, let me make this point in case I don't come back there. As a believer, we are to be subject to the ruling authority. Praise the Lord. But also, don't forget that you have the Spirit of God. So sometimes the Spirit of God will bear witness in you that this one, you don't bow to it. Why am I saying so? If Mordecai did not resist bowing to Haman, the whole things that happened in this story won't happen. So we will not sheepishly say, the law has said it. Because you know sometimes, even when the law has said something, if it's personally against you, you'll refuse it. You'll find a way around it. What we are learning now is that sometimes in some situations, the Spirit of God can make you to disobey civil authority. We have um, civil rights and black liberation in America because a man, Martin Luther King Jr., refused to submit. He stood against civil authority, though non-violently, and many others with him. Praise the Lord. So we might find ourselves in situations where 
something in us just does not agree with the bandwagon, it will create trouble. Because this man was reported, Mordecai was reported, and see the way he walked when he was reported to Haman, and Haman found out he was a Jew. Haman said, I will not deal with Mordecai alone. I'm going to deal with all the Jews. Now, to see how interesting this is, you will notice in chapter 3, verse 7, when Haman was going to plot his vengeance upon these Jewish people, he first consulted an oracle to know the suitable time, which shows you that it wasn't a civil problem. Chapter 3, verse 7. Let's read it. He's saying the first month, which is the month of Nisan, the twelfth year of the king Ahasuerus. He said that Caspar, that is the Lord, before him and to determine the day and the month. They were trying to find, you know, occult, using occultic means to find the most suitable time to deal with these people. So you see, this was, wasn't a government white paper. There's an old, old enmity inside. Praise the Lord. And when they cast the Lord, the Lord told them 12 months. Let me make another point here. We may never finish what I intend to, but the Lord will help us. Let me make another point here. You see something here. If this Lord, the man cast, had said in one month's time, this story would have ended terribly. But he gave how many months? 12 months. That's the occultic power. The devil that consulted said the best time to do it is what? In 12 months time. I want to prove something to you. We started by saying there are many devices in the heart of a man, Abby. But only, even what the devil plans is subject to God looking at it and say, okay, let me give you 12 months. You know why he gave them the 12 months? Because within the 12 months, the counter, the thing that will hinder it and make it to work for the good of the Israelites was going to be perfected. So the Bible says the casting of the die is of man, but the outcome is of the Lord. That's how big your God is. Praise the Lord. We know the account when, you know, they were prophesying and even the evil spirits, the God said, okay, you evil spirit, go and say this. And they went and obeyed. Your God is sovereign. Believers must understand that. If you understand it, you won't shake. They, they don't cut off the head of the believer because God can't deliver. It's part of the plan. Praise the Lord. Oh yes, it might be painful and gruesome and difficult to imagine, but our God reigns. He says, no weapon he goes on there and they plotted and said, okay, 12 months time. And they made the decree. Chapter 4, verse 1 says, When Mordecai learned all that had happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went as far as, as the front of the king's gate. For no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping and wailing, and many laying sackcloth and ashes. Now what had happened here is that this wicked, you know, prime minister of this kingdom had issued a decree, gotten the king's approval that in that twelfth month, on that day which they determined, that all over these 120 provinces, that everywhere people are gathered, that the Jews should be exterminated. Killed and anyone you kill, the king's treasury will pay you. And then you will acquire their property. Does that sound like abandoned property thing and all of that? It was a perfect plan. So even if they loved their neighbors who were Jews, when they looked at their V-boot and their S-class and whatever it is they were driving at that time, and the governments would say, I will pay you for killing them. It was a perfect plan. So when the decree was sent out, 
Everywhere, people were preparing how they would take over the properties of the Jews and kill them, you know, and then get paid by the king. Mordecai heard this and started wailing. The rest of the Jews were wailing. They were praying, they were crying. And the Bible says, Esther heard. Esther was now queen. And you know the queen is where? In the palace. Safe from all of this. Nobody was going to go in there and touch the queen. And Esther had Mordecai was in sackcloth. I don't know what she was thinking, but her immediate response was to send Mordecai a bag of new clothes to clothe him because he was wearing sackcloth because he didn't have money to buy clothes. You're laughing. Do you know how many times the leaders, representatives of Christians in Nigeria have gone to meet our leaders and they took clothes to go home? Do you know how many times people would have had opportunity to say, uh, oh, governor, oh, um, head of state, oh, whoever you are, you know, we are not happy with this. You must address this for us. But when they go and while they're in the waiting room, they give them the envelopes or Ghana must go or whatever they give to them, they change their story. That's when they remember that the Bible says you should pray for all leaders and all their enemies should fall and die. That was the first line of defense. And Mordecai could have been tempted with what was brought and taken the clothes and gone home. He would have been wearing the new clothes. The 12 months will come. He and his family will be killed and the same clothes will be taken from him. But he said, no, this is not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for personal comfort. Nigeria will change and be better for Christians when the Christians that are in places that their eyes have been opened will set their gaze on things that are way there. One of the things that has worked against the progress of Nigeria is that those that we put a little hope on, once they are brought into the government, they abandon the people. It's automatic. I think Babangida, you know, established that. Anybody that is making a lot of waves and making a lot of sense against his government, he'll just give him an appointment. And like somebody said many years ago in Nigeria, he said in Africa, it's bad habit to talk while you're chopping. They say, sir, why are you not critiquing the government again? You say, haven't you heard that in Africa, a man shouldn't be speaking when he's eating? So he has entered government and he's eating. You want him to be talking. Food will be falling out of his mouth. So Mordecai said, no, what I want is not clothing. This thing is a general problem. Until we see the problems as general, you see, it's not about sorting yourself out. How much can you sort yourself out? How much can you protect yourself? If they decide that this thing is against the Jews, no matter where you are, it will get to you sometime. Sooner or later. Praise the Lord. So Mordecai refused the change of clothing and sent the garments back. So they went and told Esther, this is what is going on. And the the Mordecai now took time and explained to Esther, this is the decree that has been issued. This is the danger. The Jews, your people are about to be annihilated and exterminated all over the provinces of this kingdom. You have to do something about it. And Queen Esther was in a difficult position. The Bible says Queen Esther sent word back to Mordecai, the same chapter 3. Uh, verse 10, chapter 3, verse 10. It says, Then Esther spoke to Hattach and gave him a command for Mordecai and said, All the king's servants, verse 11, and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law. What? Put all to death. This is the existing law. 
And it was even more serious because the Bible says, uh, Esther said, for 30 days, this king has not called me. Who knows who, which of the concubines that is pleasing him now? You know, it's possible I'm, you know, I'm already being relegated. So there's a problem here. It was at that point, and we'll read that every one of us. Verse 12, we'll read from 12. Everybody, let's read together. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Sila, let's consider this. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are Nigerians. We are in Nigeria at this time. Who knows whether you are a Nigerian today to solve this problem we are having. Who knows? That office you have. That access you have. That friend you have. Those people you meet with. Who knows whether that access. You see, we started by saying, God is sovereign. God is never taken by surprise. God has a way. We learned two Sundays ago. His way was in the sea. Sa Amma, who knows? Where you are, where I am, where we are, who knows why we have been placed. Every time a believer sees problems, the first thing he should ask is, am I the anointed one? Which means, am I the chosen one? Am I the one selected and prepared for this? Nigeria, we can blame a lot of people for where our country is now as Christians. But you know the bulk of the blame, 99.9% of the blame, you know where it should be? It should be upon who? Not the people on the other side. It's our people. It's our people. If our people had done right before now, Nigeria will never get to this stage. Yes, this government is lawless, but also the people who called on the name of our God also were lawless. Maybe not to this extent. If institutions had been established and equity and justice had been pursued, it would have been so entrenched in the society that what we're experiencing now would be impracticable. But you see, nobody thought that it would swing the other way. Nobody thought because people weren't considering the kingdom and the things that are bigger. Anyway, Mordecai says to Esther, maybe you're in the kingdom for such a time as this. Now, now, you, you must understand what is going on here. This is a queen. The office of the queen is the office of enjoyment. Praise the Lord. The queen in this story, in Igbo, a wife is called Oriako, which simply means the man should make the money and the woman should spend it. And all the ladies that say what? So be it. That's the job of the wife in Ibo. Now, this queen to Ahasuerus, her assignment, in fact, they said before she even met the king, six months she was soaked in one oil. After the next six months, she was soaked in another one. So that her skin, if you put hand here, eh, the thing will just go in like this. And just be, you know, like you put hand inside there. What will it be? Is it inside oil? I don't know. 
But she was designed for pleasure. Do you understand? The thought of, I am here to save the Jews, should never come up. Praise the Lord. Should never come up. So, so the Christian is put in power. He's, he, he's made a minister or made the VP or made something. There are things the VP should do. There are enjoyments, there are pecks of office. It doesn't look like going there to be an intervener for the affairs of the people suffering. It doesn't look. But the question you should ask yourself is this. Who knows? We're not saying that's why you're there. We're saying who knows whether you're in the kingdom for such a time as this. And you know how you begin to answer that question? Ask yourself, how did I get here? How did I get here? The queen was for pleasure. That's why they sent for vice and say, come and dance. She didn't dance. They sacked her. Is somebody hearing me? We are talking about you and I. We are talking about that office where you are working in. What witness? What are you doing for the kingdom? What are you standing for? What are you refusing? We talked about Mordecai refusing to bow to Haman. You know, let, let me not hear any of you say inshallah. It, it's, it's, so, it's, so, it's so amazing how Christians, you know, whenever they have relationship with Muslims, how they try to Muslimize themselves. You even see some wishing, Baraka the Salah that you're wishing there, what does it mean? Wish them Mary Salah. Do you understand? You see, that whole, that whole mentality, Mordecai knew who he was. He says, he said, I'm a Jew. Somebody said, I'm a believer. Uh-uh. You know what it means? It means the blood is upon you. We love them, but we don't cower before them. We don't. We don't shake when we talk to them. I was telling some people, I feel angry whenever you see some of these are people. We don't know. Whenever they go to greet one man, the way they bow, I say, don't bow like that now. Ah, greet the man with your chest out. The way they bow, the man, I don't know what is intimidating people. Well, the Bible says the righteous is as bold as a lion. It says, but the wicked panics and flees what? When no one pursues. Anyway, so the queen was put to this challenge. Who knows? And the queen wasn't trained for this. But let's see her response. Verse 15. Esther replied, Go, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan. Fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days. Night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. This is not usual. It says, And so I will go to the king, which is what? Let me hear you everybody say, Which is what? Against the law. Sometimes things need to be done against the law. You see, the simple thing about this is this. Many of us have broken the law for personal reasons. Why don't you break it for something that has purpose? It says, I will go to the king which is against the law. And if I perish, what will happen? He said, I perish. Let me ask you a question. Let's step down a bit here now. Just calm down. If she went, sorry, okay, and they killed her, now where will she be? She would, no, no, just answer. What, will she be alive? She would have been dead, Abby. Okay. So she went and they didn't kill her. She's still dead. Anyhow, we will die. That's the point I'm trying to make. Anyhow, we will what? Ah, something, something will kill somebody. It can even be sleep. It can be pounded yam. That one you like. 
You put it in the mouth. It can be beheading. It can be something will kill somebody. Immortality is not for this flesh. This flesh is corruptible. We are going to remove, the way I'm going to remove my clothes after service in at home is the same way we are going to remove this body we are carrying. And then we'll put on what? Immortality. Don't try to preserve what is going away. The believers are too fearful. That's why the church is not making progress. I may pause here and take us to our Lord Jesus because this is one we actually should be considering. This is communion. Come with me to John chapter 12, please. John chapter 12, verse 23. Our Lord Jesus speaking here. These are some of the things that 23 years. It says, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified, 24. It says, most assuredly I say to you, it says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it what? Dies, it produces much grain. Let's pause here. The scripture we quote, you know, John three sixteen, John 3 verse 3, unless a man be born again. It's so strong for us that if you look at somebody and he has not abided by that scripture, we almost are sure that he's going to hell. Isn't it? Because Jesus says, unless... Jesus answered and said, and most assuredly I say to you, unless one is what? Born again. That's why the word born again is so important. You know why? Because Jesus said most assuredly, King James will say verily, verily. Are you getting it now? Unless. Now, if you take that same statement and put it in this John that we're looking at now. Go back to our, uh, where we are. John 12. If you come back here, what's it saying? Most assuredly, most assuredly in John 3, 3, Abby. I say to you, unless, he says the same unless, Abby. Now, the other part says what? Let's read it. The other part. A grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies. It remains alone. But if it dies, it does what? It produces much grain. Why is this part of scripture not as popular as the born again part? If the other one is decree one, this is decree two. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground, and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, what will it happen? It will produce much grain. People of God, this is Jesus speaking. And he didn't say unless one. He says a, which means it is universal. Anywhere you see something making progress, somebody is paying the price. Anywhere you see advancement of any cause, somebody is paying the price. People are paying the price. The church, the Christians in Nigeria, we have no price payers. Nobody pays price for us. Everybody enjoys on our behalf. Everybody wants the glory. Everybody wants the office. Everybody wants the clout. Everybody wants the acceptance. Everybody wants all of that. Let me ask you a question. I mean... How many powerful imams do you know? Do you know them? But they are the ones that will tell people, go and kill, go and do this, and they just go. You know why? They've just decided to sit at the, they're like native doctors. They're in that their place, just influencing, refusing to be in the limelight. But our own people, we want to be taken, they want picture, photos. They want to be called friends of. You see, once you want something for yourself, you can't get something for others. We've had a government here that can was actually in control of. Unfortunately, it did not benefit the church. It benefited some. If the people who had that access 
had died to themselves and said, these are perennial problems we've had as a church in Nigeria. Sir, you must address them for us. He said, let us give you land. He said, I don't want land. Let us give you waiver. We don't want waiver. Let us give you allocation. We don't want allocation. Solve this problem. Compel the northern states to give sheer votes to our churches. Compel, pro, uh, probe all the killings of Christians in the north. Set up inquiries. Pursue these things. You think it would not have been done? But when I go to see the president, I say, ah, the father's church, I hear you're looking for generator. Um, mm, uh, I say, send them generator. All I just is saying, sir, you are very good. Hey, sir, you're very good. You're very good. You're very good. He said, any problem? He said, no problem at all. He said, even buses. I hear you people talked about buses, Abby. And where's the other one? Those uh, coastal buses we use for campaign. Give them five. Ah, nobody will touch your throne. All your enemies will fall. Habba. Sir, I prophesy. Prophecy will just start coming out. But you see, what that does is this. The man will stand, but he'll stand alone. That's what the Bible is saying. He will stand alone. So we had men who had power. Who politicians and businessmen were going to, as men of God, to get power with politicians. That's not what you're there for. That's not what it's for. Esther was put in that palace for the Jews. And when the moment came, you don't accomplish purpose by enjoyment. Everybody will tell you that. Everybody who has attained something meaningful. You know, even ordinary, you see, who are the people that have the, the, what you may call the laziest careers? Maybe we say models. They pay them for posing for picture. Have you ever gone to the studio? My wife has been saying, go to the studio. I don't want to go. Do you know what it means to freeze? And They say to like this again. It's work. Do you understand? It's work, especially for the ladies that have to bend like comma. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I say it's work. Let them end what they're earning. You can't bend it. Try that they are bent. Except you're having back pain. You see someone that should stand straight. They stand like this. It costs to produce. Anything that is worthwhile costs to what? To produce. The queen said, fast for me three days. No eating, no drinking. On the third day, I'll go in. If that was not done, you know we said the counsel of the Lord must come to pass. It will come to pass. You know what? God has eternity to fulfill his purpose. God has a lot of time. Let nobody fool us. If our generation fails God, he will wait. You know, these things are recorded in the scriptures. The generation that came out from Egypt, they were supposed to be the generation that would enter the promised land. But because they failed, God waited. Every day in the wilderness, they were doing burial. It was a congregation of burial services. Every day they were burying people so that they can finish burying those who didn't want to enter. When the new generation arose, God said, let's go in. So his purpose was accomplished even though there was unbelief. He replaced them. May God not replace our generation. May God not replace this generation of Christians. In the name of Jesus. But he said most assuredly, verily, verily. I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies. You see, dying message is a message Christians don't like. 
And that's why we're not being productive. You know, you know how sometimes the Spirit of God will just drops something in your mind and you, you're just amazed at the way he expounds it to you. The Hebrews have a saying, you know, I, I don't know whether someone can put this in English for me. It says, You understand what that means? You know, it, it's saying that this dancer, you know, is no longer dancing so that they will, they will spray him money. Now, think about it. If I came here and I were dancing so you spray me money, you know, if I dance one style and you spray me money, I'll dance it more. <laughs> you know? But if I'm not dancing that you spray me money, the one that I rehearsed, that I plan to dance, that's what I will dance. Whether you spray money or not, I will not notice. The problem is that the people now are dancing so that they will spray their money. And as long as you do that, the pre-plan, the purpose of God is not an addendum. It's what he determined before. Is someone hearing me? So, God has a plan for Nigeria. Do you know why we are, we are in the same country? People have said, we should, a lot of people say, we shouldn't be in the same country with these people. No, we have to be in the same country with them. You know why? Because through us, God wants to save them. That's the purpose. But the Bible says, if Saul loses his savor, then the salt will be good for nothing except to be what? To be trampled upon. That's why we are being trampled upon. Because we have lost our savor. I was telling us here about the new year, you know, the big, you know, people who see God and have breakfast with God, who were giving predictions. Why didn't any of them give us predictions on Boko Haram? Why didn't they tell us how to solve the problem of Fulani headsmen? You're coming and you're telling me there'll be earthquake. If I go to school, I know there'll be earthquake. Eh? Just, you know, creating all kinds of things. We are living here. We have our own problem here. If God didn't tell you anything, God must, you all have the spirit of God. Which one did he tell you? That I have to body myself as a pastor and come and be lying to you. And the Lord said, this year, this year, this year. You know you're lying, this year, this year. Anybody that wants to tell us something, should tell us, I beg. Where are these men hiding in the forest? Let's go and catch. If government doesn't want to catch, let us ourselves go and catch them. But we have so completely missed the thing. So, so that, that's why, you know, the church is being made a mockery of in our time. And God is saying, this is the principle. Unless, unless somebody pays the price, unless somebody is giving prominence and access, and he says, this prominence and access will not be for me and my house. It will be for the kingdom. Let me tell you a very easy solution to the problem they had there. Esther would have told Mordecai, move in. You're my cousin. And the problem will be solved. On the 12th month, they will go and kill the Jews. They'll be safe. Inside the palace. Abi, That's the solution. But they would have remained alone. That's the thing. It didn't say the grain of wheat will die. It said it will remain alone. It means it will be unproductive. It will be unfruitful. It will be irrelevant. It will not impact the environment. It will not accomplish the purpose for which it was meant. But thank God for Esther. Somebody say thank God for Esther. And may the spirit of Esther come upon us in the name of Jesus. Yes. And it's not for them. Let me still correct myself. Because let's, it's, so is when the preacher is preaching everybody. It's for us here. Anywhere you are. What is your witness? What is my witness? Because you see the thing that is going to happen. Remember the, the vision of Daniel. It says a small stone broke off. Nobody knows who is going to spearhead this stone around you. 
a small stone was broken off. And that stone, what did it do? It crushed the image. So don't think you have to get to high up. You may just need to make a start. Knowing who you are. Knowing that nothing is happening by chance. Knowing that God has a plan. And all he's looking for are men and women that will submit to the plan. So Esther said, gather the people fast for me. And on the third day, I'll go into the king. Chapter 5. Chapter 5 verse 1 says, Now it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace across from the king's house while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house facing the entrance of the king's house. So it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight. Somebody say hallelujah. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said to her, what do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. I, I don't want to rush this place because there are very key principles there, but I'll just mention chapter 4. Look at what Esther said. Esther said, if it pleases the king, let the king and him and come today to the banquet that I've prepared for him. This is a woman that was filled with an agenda. But you can still see comportment. You can still see her it's called what? Grace under pressure. Verse 1. Go back to verse 1. Let me talk to us a bit from there. Verse 1. After her three days dry charge fasting, she did not wear Maria Brogada. Eh? What did she wear? She put on her royal robes. If you fasted three days without eating, you know that you don't want to think of fashion. But you see, when you have an assignment, it's not about you. It's not your preference. She could have said... I've done the spiritual. I'm in the spirit now. And she'll tie her by her chest. And stunt into the palace. <laughs> what do you think the king will do? The king will cover his face. And that would amend death. What is that saying to you and I? Spiritual does not mean you disregard the physical. You see, everything in the world is God that made it to even perfume is God that made it. Roll-on is God that made it. Toothpaste and toothbrush. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's God that made it. You need favor. Be fresh now near somebody. Some people want to beg you for money. Just, bro. Hey, uh. That your ragged does not give you favor. Not before God, not before man. That you can't, many graduates in Nigeria can't write English. Please, if you're a member of this church, after service, see me. Let's arrange English lessons for you. You know, I think what are sports in the world, I don't know. Is it they stop doing boarding house? Because where they actually learn English is boarding house. How many of us have heard bullets? Your own is Tiara. Our own is bullets. All kinds of, you see, people don't learn things again. How, would, how wouldn't you be jobless? Sisters, I came to know whether... Uh, You are fasted, though. They pray for you in church. Then your English will just spoil everything. I say the anointing is not strong enough. Anointing. The woman dressed in her royal. In fact, I saw the way that woman stood. She went. She. The king was there. Esther just did. <laughs> and the man said, everybody, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> after 
three days fasting, Jesus said to the leaders of the he said, this you ought to do without leaving the others undone. All of them are part of it. All of them are part of it. Our time will fail us to tell you the way she spoke to the king. She said, if it pleases the king. You see, I don't know where those who command God and threaten God learn it from. And if I found favor in your sight, and my life is precious to you. Hey, see the way we are all nodding. Even if us, we for not agree already. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything is part of it. So the church, we have fasted three days. There are other things we need to do. There are many things. We, the fast was not the end. It was the beginning. Chapter 5 verse 1 was the beginning. The banquet she prepared. When she got to the banquet, the moment the man put the, the drink in his mouth, she didn't say yes now. She was calm. Sensitive. I believe she was listening to the Holy Spirit. When should I strike? The Bible says by wise counsel, do what? Wage your own war. She checked that day was not good enough. And if when we have time and look at maybe on Wednesday, I hope, you know, we'll look at it. By the time God had, you know, done what he was to do in heaven, everything was coupling together. Let's rise on our faith. Let's rise on our faith. God has a plan. And I will cooperate. Say, God has a plan. And you will cooperate. We will cooperate. And we will see the victory. We are not serving a God. God is not at a loss as to what to do. He is almighty. He is the sovereign God. He controls his universe. All he's looking for is men and women. People that will say yes to his will. He said, I say to you, unless. So settle it. If you're in church today, tell the Lord, anywhere I need to fall and die that I may produce fruit. I do not run from it again. Never again. Grace is what I receive. Help is what I receive. Revelation is what I receive. Some of us businesses, we might have to refuse it. Some alliances, some, you know, proximities and places where life and things are taking you to. Based on this understanding, you must refuse to be a part of it. Because anytime the enemy is attacking, he always finds are people that are aligning with what he's doing. Look, you know, I, I don't want to mention the spokesman who is attacking and all of that. It, it's irrelevant. There is something you and I can do. There are things we could do. This morning, I want us to go to the Lord and say to the Lord, you have a plan for Nigeria today. I want to be part of it. I want to be part of it. Prayer, fasting, in my office, in my assignment, on the road, in my neighborhood. I, I know you have a plan. God has never been boxed in. He had a Mordecai in that kingdom who saw the news and read the decree and saw the plot and was given the interpretation. If Mordecai could not read, the twelfth month would come and they'll be dying. They won't know what is going on. Somebody needs to become something for the kingdom's sake. Somebody needs to become something for the kingdom. If Mordecai was not at the gate, nothing is despised. Some of us here now, you have access to some interesting places. Don't take it lightly. God is positioning you. God knows you are there. God knows you are there. And that's why he's orchestrating you, leading you, pushing you, positioning you. 
and our prayer and your prayer this morning is Lord I will not fail your grace I need to hold me your grace I will not be bought over neither will I be threatened neither will I bend over I will stand where you have me you will have a child of the kingdom where you have me you will have a daughter of Zion where you have me you will have a man say to the Lord I am your child I will stand for your kingdom no longer will Christians in Nigeria be without persons many years ago Many years ago, we were looking to get land for the church. And it was then that I learned that mosques don't buy land. Mosques don't buy land. All their lands are located to them, free of charge. Churches buy land. You know why? The Christians that are in the office, instead of carving out and protecting the lands that are provided for churches, they are pro- providing lands that they will sell. So if possible, they are converted to shopping complex, school, and all kinds of things. And the land becomes limited because they want to make money. If a mosque comes in and says, there is no mosque, we need a mosque in social area. All the, mosque, all the Muslims that will walk together to find that land. But for the Christian, when you come in and say one land, the Christians there will find the land to sell to you. Because as far as they're concerned, they're in that office for they and their families and their pockets but today somebody is saying wherever the Lord has put me Christians will have somebody the church will have somebody we're not saying go and do illegal things we're saying just stand for the kingdom just speak for the church some of us were in offices and their policies you know discriminations against the kingdom against the things of the kingdom and you look at it because it doesn't touch you personally you allow it to pass but those are the things that are creating the cumulative problem and bringing it to the national state if it is handled in the small small places it will not accumulate today somebody needs to say to the lord i am your mordecai somebody needs to say i am your esther I am the vessel that you will walk through. Lord, I will cooperate with you. Ask the Lord, use me. Use me. Use me. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. For you will find people. You will find men. You will find women. You will find our children. You will find boys. You will find girls in Nigeria that will stand, that you will use, that will be amenable. They'll make themselves available. That will submit to you. Lord, you will find us. I want you to tell the Lord sincerely. And as you do that, he'll begin to minister to you. It's important. Let's, let's talk to the Lord. Because he has a plan. That's what he said to me. He said, I have a plan. But I need people to cooperate. If I don't find them, I will wait. I will wait. But let the Lord find you. Let us be that generation. Let us be those people. The reason he put you there. Say, Lord, let that purpose be accomplished. Let that purpose be accomplished. Let that purpose be accomplished. Let it be accomplished. Let it be accomplished. Let it be accomplished. Your purpose for putting me here. Let it be accomplished, oh my God. Let it be accomplished. Your purpose for putting me in Nigeria. Let it be accomplished. Your purpose for giving me the resources, the education, the exposure that I have. Make me a witness. Make me, Lord, your 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 witness. I want you to talk to the Lord. As you do, listen. 
Listen to the Spirit. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. I present myself. I present myself. I present myself. A child of the kingdom. I present myself. A vessel for the king to use. For the master to use. I present myself. Lord, in this time, whilst on orders thou art calling, please do not pass me by. Do not pass me by. Tell the Lord, I want my name to be in the record that when this season came in Nigeria, you found me. I was obedient to you. You used me. Somebody is there, he's saying, but Lord, who am I? You'll be amazed what the Lord can do. Your prayers are powerful. The Bible says, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man. It avails much. He said it makes tremendous power available. You might not have much access politically. You might not have much access financially. But you have power with God. Then can you preserve your vessel holy? Can you refuse to consider worthless things? Can you stand on the finished work of Jesus Christ? Can you stand on the righteousness of Christ? And continually bring this nation before the Lord. And make decrees for the deliverance of this nation. Can you refuse that your mouth will ever speak perverse things? Can you say to the Lord from this day onwards, this mouth I sanctify to you. It will bless Nigeria. It will speak faith. It will not speak unbelief. My mouth will never be found speaking unbelief and doubt. I am a believer. Lord, I'm a soldier for you in this kingdom. I will speak your words. So that when heaven is searching, I'll be found as one who is repeating on earth what heaven is declaring. Lord, I surrender. I make myself available. I make myself available. I make myself available. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.